0: podcasting the arts numbers income cash or better known as panic the title of our podcast panic speaks to the emotion that so many artists feel when thinking about their finances but ironically panic wants to help panic is a series of podcasts and a website free of cost that hosts tips templates and insights for artists about financial literacy leave the panic to us i'm nina and i'm Michaela,
1: and welcome to the final episode of the season
0: This week, we're focusing on managing your money and how to make a budget that you can actually follow.
1: We're excited to have Rob Brill join us today to help guide us through these topics. It's nice to see you again, Rob. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself?
2: Yeah, no problem. Uh, So my name's Rob Brill. I work for Young Associates. Um, Young Associates uh, works for A number maybe about just over a hundred different arts organizations mainly in the Toronto area Um, we deal with mainly arts organizations that have charity status so we that's that's really our forte is dealing with nonprofit charity sectors um, and mainly arts based Um, I have a arts background uh, originally went to Queens University I always wanted to be an actor and then you know, went, went through, did the dramatic arts program at Queen's, graduated, tried to be an actor and then kind of hit a wall, um, as so many artists do in this business, in this uh, realm of uh, work. And so I had to pivot. I had to pivot because I was hungry and I wanted to make sure I could eat food, <laughs> basically is the case. So, you know, Through a couple other connections I had, they pointed me in the direction of the Arts Administration and Cultural Management Program, which um, completely changed my life. Uh, It opened my eyes to a whole world of administration for the arts sector, which I didn't even really know going into being an actor that this was even a thing i just assumed that artists just did their thing which opened up all kinds of different avenues to charities and finance and budgeting and revenue development uh human resources all kinds of different facets which just was mind-boggling at the time but as i went through the program it you know opened my eyes and really led me into a new direction, um, where I could still contribute to the arts sector, be an artist, but still be within the arts community and really make an impact, but just in a different way. You know, um, arts administration is a fantastic, fantastic career choice because you can be in the arts and you can make a difference. And, you know, whatever you choose, you know, I, I decided to go into the finance background. And I think, you know, being really good at math all through elementary school and high school, like numbers really jived with me. I really enjoyed working with numbers and they really spoke to me and to bridge my arts background with something more finite, like finance and connect those two. Really, you know, gave me a sense of purpose, and you know, five, six years, almost late years later, I'm with a wonderful company and working in the arts, helping arts organizations with their finances and bookkeeping and you know, financial management. It's uh, it's been a real trip, but uh, you know, I'm I, I'm very happy where I am, and I'm very happy in the the path that i chose um or more like the, the path chose for me right um it's funny how the world works that way sometimes you have this this idea of this is what i want to do and the world kind of twists and turns you into who you are you know 10 years later so it's 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 really interesting
0: and I love that you brought up the arts administration program, because that's where the entire Panic team is from. And that's how we all met. And obviously, that's how we met Rob, because he actually had the pleasure to teach one of our courses last, last term. So Rob, before we actually begin, I'd love to ask you something to get to know you a little bit better. And because you taught us how to use Excel last term, I'd love to know what Excel function you personally identify with the most and why. <laughs>
2: That's a great question. Um, you know, as as all of you know, <laughs> learning Excel from me uh, the last semester, you know, Excel's your friend, right? So <laughs> there's so many different functions to use, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be pretty basic with my answer and just say, you know, the sum function really, really you know, sums up who I am as a person. It really adds together everything that that I love. Um, And it comes to a final number that you can set set your hat on more or less. So I love the sum function. It's the one I use 98% of the time, so.
1: (laughs) Great answer, Rob. It's definitely a versatile function to use. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming.
0: So, Rob, it can be really difficult to plan a realistic budget and actually stick to it. Do you have any advice on how we can commit to our personal budgets? And how flexible do you think personal budgets should be, if at all?
2: That's a great question. You know, budgeting is, first and foremost, it's a tool, right? It's a tool that you can use in your financial planning in order to move towards an outcome and it's used as something that gives you um, points of reference, essentially. So you're always going to want to be making a budget if you have a financial goal at the end, right? And in terms of sticking to it, I mean, it's personal, right? I mean, budgeting, if if you make a budget, you're going to want to stick to it, right? There's no reason to really move away from that budget unless something really significant happens within your personal finances or within an organizational's finance. And again, you know, I don't really deal with personal tax very much, personal finances. But so some of some of the answers I'm going to give really like will gear towards like an organizational level, um, which is fine. You know, a budget is a budget is a budget. Right, you're going to be making budgets on what your revenues are and what your expenses are, and you're going to use that as a as a gauge to see how you're doing. You know, um, finance itself is telling a story. You're basically telling your story through numbers on what you are doing and what your activities are doing, and more importantly, how well your 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 activities are doing. So you're going to want to. Stick to a budget in order to tell that story. If you're going to make a budget and say, you know, a month down the road, oh no, like I'm not, I'm not doing well against my budget. I should change it to make my, my, my story look better. Well, you know, your budget is your budget and then your actuals are your actuals, right? The actuals are the story, right? The budget is kind of your hypothesis if you want to look at it on a scientific level right? Um, and and it, and it's all about that, right? And usually what you're going to do is you're going to budget for a year. So in organizations, it's a fiscal year. If you're doing a personal budget, you know, you're going to base it on a calendar year kind of thing, January to December, because that's how taxes are run usually. Um, that, that, the, that date can float around however you want it to. But, you know, at the beginning of the year, before the, the year ends, you're going to want to take a look at you know, what are your activities next year? What do you think you're going to do? You know, and and so much information infers a budget, right? You're not just really going to pull numbers out of the thin air. That's not really going to be a realistic budget, right? You're going to want to think of your stakeholders. You're going to want to think of who is my activity geared to, right? You're going to think about how can I market that activity and basically how many people... And how many touch points am I going to interact with and then in turn realize revenue, right? Um, Say you're doing a theater show and you want to bring in ticket sales. Well, you know, you have to start thinking about who are you going to market that to? where is you, where are you doing the show? Like, so, you know, you, you may bring in more money if you're doing a show downtown Toronto, obviously in a non-COVID year, but you might be bringing less money if you do it in small town outside of Windsor, right? You have to look at what is feasible for you to bring in. And so that's on the revenue side. And, you know, and I was talking about like, okay, so who are you going to market that to? Who are your shareholders or stakeholders? You know, um, that's going to cost money, right? And so that's where your expenses are going to come out of, right? Um, and, you know, and, and, and budgets vary, very quite a lot, dependent on how big your organization is, how small your theater organization is, or if it's just you as a personal person, right? Um, doing your own personal finances, um, I would say. Definitely, you have to look at all of those items to come up with the numbers for the revenues and for the expenses. And again, at that point, maybe three months down the line, right? You you know, you're going to want to take a look at your budget to actuals and see what the variances are. If the variances are extreme, say, you know, over 50% variance you know you you're not bringing in that revenue you know you're not you're you're spending too much money well you know you're going to end up running out of out of cash essentially right um that's that's really the the kicker is how much money do you have and you have to be realistic with your budgets otherwise you know a lot of organizations you're just going to run out of cash so you know about the three-month mark, you want to look at that. And then you can always revise your budget at that point, right? You're not going to be lying to yourself. You're not going to be, you know, losing out on yourself because what you want to do is be able to budget numbers realistically and try to stick to that because you want to make that end goal. You want to get to that end goal, and that's really – the point of the budget. Now, after that fiscal year, after that calendar year, whatever, right? What you want to do is look at your budget, look at your actuals. And then for the next year, you want to take a look at your actuals and say, is this going to happen again? Are we going to, and and use it as a tool again, right? I mean, budgets are tools. So you can look at your actuals and say, well, you know, we didn't do too well on ticket sales, but if we go to those specific other people and try to pull them in, do you think we can increase that revenue by 10 percent, by um, 20 percent? That, that's that's a, a for big ask, right? Um, because you want to be looking at your actuals and you want to be using that to make determinations. You want to be using that to make decisions. And that's a big thing about finance and budgeting in itself is Using numbers to make decisions that can help you make better goals, increase your revenues, increase your footprint of your organization, and really reach your goals, right? Um, Increase your mandate. Um, You know, what's your mission? You know, is all these things going to improve your revenues, decrease your expenses, increase your profit? Well, you know, the budgeting is really where you need to go, but definitely it's a living document. Um, but you want to be using it as a tool absolutely.
1: So you were talking about comparing some projected numbers versus some actual ones. which software programs or apps would you recommend for managing or tracking those numbers?
2: For sure yeah uh, there, there's so many different softwares out there that are geared towards accounting and bookkeeping. I would say definitely if you are if, you, if you're doing personal, Taxes. If you don't have a lot going on, you're a small organization, you know, Excel is going to be where you want. You want to be having your budget spreadsheet, you want to be looking at your income and your expenses um, all within Excel. That's really the go-to for those types of things. Spreadsheets are gonna be your friend in terms of tracking expenses and revenues and making sure that you can do that. If you wanna take another step up, I always suggest uh, QuickBooks. Uh, QuickBooks is the golden standard from what, small nonprofit organizations, regular for-profit organizations. It's really, really a great program. Uh, Currently, Young Associates, we've moved on to cloud-based accounting software. So we use QuickBooks online. Um, It allows you to connect to QuickBooks and see your finances um, whenever you want, wherever you want. So you could be on a beach in Tahiti and log in online and look up your uh, finances right there, um, which is really great. You know, it, uh, before it was a uh, QuickBooks desktop and desktop you had to have on one computer and you could only access it on that computer. Computer fails, data gone. And it's uh, not a pretty picture when you lose all that data. So we've been moving over to QuickBooks online, um, which is really nice. There's a lot of different features within it um, that help you keep track of your finances. It will let you import uh, data. It will also give you kind of hints on where you where you should be categorizing items as well um, within your chart of accounts. So that's really great. One of the features that I really love with QuickBooks Online is this thing called the bank feed. And basically, you can sign in with your online banking information, your, your account name and your password and all that. And what QuickBooks will do, it will connect right to your bank account and it will pull in all your bank transactions and you can give it a date. You can say from last January, it'll pull in all your bank transactions and actually allow you to do the bookkeeping within this one screen. What's really nice is that you get all your bank transactions all there, all all at once, um, where whereas before you'd have to enter it in one at a time, one at a time, and it's really a uh, time saver. It's definitely geared towards personal finance, small businesses, uh, people to do their own bookkeeping, but uh, it does it definitely has a lot of tools for us bookkeepers as well to help keep our clients on track. So, uh, I mean, QuickBooks is a is an all in one place to do that you can see all your reports you can understand who you owe money to who owes you money um hopefully people owe you money more than you owe people which is you know a really great place to be as an organization um but you know you can't get rid of those expenses unfortunately you got to pay yourself as well that's really important um and you know it deals with payroll. If you're on that that level, HST. If you're you're an HST registrant, you know you can track all your HST payments uh, within QuickBooks itself. QuickBooks is really the gold standard. There are a couple others, of course. Um, Sage, Sage is uh, used to be Simply Accounting back uh, oh probably 15, 20 years ago now, um, and it works like QuickBooks. It's a little less fancy. It's a little less bells and whistles. I would say that QuickBooks has, it's trying to go that way, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, I would say QuickBooks and Sage are the top two right now. Uh, there's also another one called zero that's starting to come up in the world. Uh, zero also works in the same way, but, um, you know, entering transactions, pulling balance sheets, income statements, uh, you know, it, it, I should use it for my own personal tax, but I don't. But, you know, it'd be really great um, for all those artists out there um, to get a copy of QBO, uh, QuickBooks Online, you know, do their own bookkeeping and then hand that to the accountant and say, how much money do I owe? <laughs>
0: So how can people with a regular pay like artists or who are working gigs or freelance start making a realistic budget for themselves?
2: It's tough. It's tough to be an artist out there. And, you know, it, it really, really comes down to actuals, right? Actual, factual gig work. And what do you as an artist bring to the table? And what are you as an artist? What are your goals? essentially um it goes back to the first question about budgeting right it's really really dependent on what you think you can do and based on what you've done in the past how can you either meet that or exceed it right um and that all comes down to how hard you work and a lot of it luck for sure right um if you're an artist just fresh starting out, right? You're not going to make a budget that says, I'm going to make $100,000 this year, right? It's just completely unrealistic, right? Um, Are you an artist that is fresh out? You know, you got a cafe job, say you're a barista, or, you know, you can budget that much money that you're making in your paycheck as revenue. You know that that's ready to go. And then from there, you can say... How many gigs am I going to book this year? Um, as an actor, you can say, you know, I've never worked in Toronto in my life. You know, you're not going to say I'm going to I'm going to book 20 gigs this year. That's just not going to happen, most likely. Um, so you you start start low, right? I would say in budgeting, you'll want to. I'd say it's probably a safe bet to over overestimate your expenses, underestimate your revenue. That would be a really, really great place to start because then the, the only way to go from there is up, essentially. And then I would say in a couple months, revisit that budget and say, well, I'm booking a lot more, more gigs now. I think I can increase this, this budget line right, and really blow your revenue out of proportion right i mean that's best case scenario right but definitely you you're, you're going to want to be looking at your budget on a monthly basis not necessarily changing the budget but looking at what your budget is versus your actuals and then seeing where you can slim down on your expenses and really kind of give you a platform give you a goal to work towards and get more revenue right then in the next year you can take a look at your actuals and then say all right well i did okay but i think i can do better lift your revenues up in your budget you can use the budget again as a tool to propel you forward to really push you as an artist because in the end you want to be you know successful in in your artistic endeavors absolutely You know, I'm a big proponent of that first and foremost, but you definitely need the financial backing as well in order to make that succeed, especially in the early days. Um, Even organizations that are in this game for, oh, 20, 25 years, they're still grinding it out, right? So you really, really got to look at what you're doing, what your goals are and how um, you can achieve those. And budgeting is the best place to start.
1: And now we have a question submitted from one of our listeners. Eric McDase writes, what's the best way to stabilize your income in the arts?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, maybe a pivot to the Arts Administration and Cultural Management Program it could be a good place to start. Uh, that's That's really where I found <laughs> the success. But in terms of being an artist, you know, stabilizing your income, a lot of it really comes from second jobs, third jobs, fourth jobs, right? Um, It's a real big grind out there. And, you know, to stabilize your income in the arts, if you want to make money doing artistic work, you're going to have to really, really work at it, right? Um, You're going to have to put in the work in order to reap the benefits. Um, and it's a long grind. It's a it's a hard grind. And it, there, there's no easy answer to this question, right? Um, stabilizing your income means you need to work extra, extra hard to, to earn that income. But then also to make sure you take a look at your expenses and get rid of all frivolous spending. Because any income you come that, that you bring in, um, any expense just pulls that right out, right? So it's really looking at that on a monthly basis and saying, do I need this? Do I need that? And what are again, what are your goals? What are your goals and what are what do you want to get out of the art right? Um, if you want to be a multi-million, artist you know that's great goal but you got to put in a lot of work and you got to have a lot of luck to do that so multiple jobs is probably going to help sustain you and stabilize it but um, you're going to be tired and it's it's all for the art right so again you got to look at your goals and what you want
0: thank you so much rob for coming today and sharing your thoughts with us so if our listeners want to find out a little bit more about you can they go anywhere to find you
2: yeah, I got a LinkedIn. Uh, you can always check out my LinkedIn. Uh, you can also go to the Young Associates website. If you ever have any anybody that's interested in organizational uh, finance or anything like that, you could always send us an email to our admin at youngassociates.ca. Uh, we're always glad to hear from people.
1: Yeah. We'll definitely link that in the description of this episode. This is sadly the last episode of the season. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to Panic and to our amazing guests for joining us every week. I know Nina and I learned a lot from them and we hope you all did too. Don't forget to visit our website at artspanicpodcast.com for more tips and templates for planning your finances.